So welcome everyone to Skits Up podcast. You are uh, not incorrect. You don't need to tune out. You don't need to switch channels. You don't need to do something <laughs> different because our fearless leader is not here today with us. So uh, we have taken our podcast by storm and uh, we will beginning uh, a journey that we don't really know where it's going to take us. So Frank is here with me. So Frank, say hi. What's happening, guys? How's everybody doing today? Alrighty. So let's get started. In the interest of you know of all that is helicopter, why don't we start with you, Frank? Because I don't know. I have to remember what I even what I said last time. It seems like it's been forever since we recorded. Yeah, man. It's been it's been a while. Uh, the holidays usually does set to us. Even from back in the day when we did uh, full pitch, you know, I remember the holidays. Well, we took a big break on that and. Uh, so some of the things that I've done is, you got to tell me because I'm going to blabber, I'm going to blabber on for a while. I've flown a lot. I've been to a little impromptu fun fly in Orlando with the, with my SAB family. That was pretty cool. Uh, so I'll talk about that and in, in a little bit later. I was in another podcast. I cheated on my, on my fellow colleagues over here with the Heliheads. I used to listen to my, the podcast as I was on before because I was, I wanted to see what it sounded like, right? Well, I think I can't, I come to the conclusion that I sound really horrible on a podcast. So I don't listen to myself anymore. I just keep talking and talking. <laughs> you did a, you did a pretty good job. Really? Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I like, I, I like that episode. I, 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 um, what I did is that I used that feature where you put like five X and just skipped over. No, 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 that's not true. I, I actually listened to it. <laughs> That was really good. I gotta remember that. That's a good. That's a good thing. I'll tell that to all the all the members when they complain about you, though. Are you saying you use that feature on your? Oh, but yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed talking to those guys. They have a they have a very different format than we do, man. It's interesting, you know. They like they they have like they break down. They have ask every question. They're gonna they have every question written down ahead of time. You know, it's not like I know you and and Polly. You guys kind of have your game plan ready to go. And I'm usually just shit for, uh, shoot from the hip. So it was pretty cool to see that. Uh, I'm going to try to work on that this year. A lot of funny stories from, between me and Chris, you know, and me picking on Chris. And th the famous quote that will forever be known, and I'll have shirts made up for this, finisher will be. Yeah, will be. That, that finisher, man, that was awesome. <laughs> and the best part, that that's half that story, it's not even, it didn't even get to there. Because the one I've heard from him, I was dying laughing. It was just so funny, just so, so off the cuff, just hilarious. In, in, in the pure, ultimate Chris Nut manner, man, just out of this world funny. So I was on that. I already said I went to Orlando. I got to do a lot of flying. I finished up the year last year with 478 flights. And I would have nice. got to 500, but the last three days was so freaking windy. I mean, like, 30 mile winds, gusts, 30 mile gusts. And usually that, that doesn't, I don't know complain about that, but it's just not even fun when you're flying, when you're flying heavy, you know? Granted, the autos were forever. I was shooting these, I was shooting these autos, Javier, you would have been so proud, man. I was going like past where I could see it, right? And you sit and felt a hold and like one click below, below center stick and just brrrr, these huge floaters. And because they're, it was windy, the goblins did great. The my goblins did great on it. I got to finish the last the last flight of the year on my nitro on my nitro seven hundred number two finishing of the great year. You know, or not such a great year, but a great year in the hobby for me. I got more flights than any other year before, and it was amazing. Honestly, I got to go fly with, with one of uh, one of Inverter C's customers, also a really good friend of mine, uh, Omar. I gotta have him on one time, dude. He's the Puerto Rican sensation, man. He's such a good dude. Such a great pilot too. If you're on the if you're on the hangout, you probably saw some live videos of him flying. Funny thing is, man, he's how uh, I don't know if, you're, if you if you know anyone like this. He's a great pilot, but he can't build a helicopter to save his life. <laughs> he can't. He cannot. He doesn't know how to program a radio. I pretty much build the helicopters for him and program the radios for him, so he can so he can fly him. But he's an excellent pilot, extremely good. But doesn't know how to tune. Just give me the sticks and let me do what I tell you. And you I'll tell you what it needs to, for me to be happy. Being said, so I flew with him. That was New Year's. The the event in Orlando was amazing. It was amazing. I love seeing those guys. I got to I got to shoot my first gun, ever. I've never shot a gun in my life at 
at 39 years old and it was Burt Cameron's gun, which was pretty cool at like 12 o'clock at night. It was an awesome, you know, he lives out in, in the middle of nowhere and we, we were at his house and I got to shoot his gun and I got to shoot my buddy Gator's gun. Uh, it was pretty cool. Hands down. One of the coolest experiences ever hanging out with those guys that time. Like I've, I've gone to Orlando for the last four years in a row and in December for an event. And granted, this is the smallest one because they didn't have the permits or anything like that. So it was kind of like a very hush hush. You know, I knew about it from a little while ago, but I was told not to say anything. So to respect the guys that, uh, those guys, of course, I listened to them. So I got to do that. I got to see some girl fun. I got to hang out with Mr. Scott Graham. He's such a cool dude, man. He's a great guy to hang out with. Great pilot. He helped me tune up some stuff. Gave me some advice on things to work on, which was really, really good. Uh, so that one there, uh, that was... Nice. Uh, Frank, let me ask you something. Did anyone or yourself fly naked? I mean, raw. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to say anything about that because... Uh, it's, it's already uh, released, dude. It's already, it is, it's already it's out so, there. There's yeah, even pricing. You know the pre-order started yesterday. Uh, it just started today, actually. The pre-order started today at uh, Tobo 1. Trust me, I know. Uh, yes, I got to see it ahead of time it is pretty awesome it's like nothing you've ever seen sab has really outdone themselves with this i think it's going to put themselves in a position that that they are trying to get people that are just a fan of the pot and boom and they're not fan of the future watch style like sab has and i'm really happy that nothing's going to change with the other with goblin as well as the typical kraken and now with the raw so i think that's very very cool I'm looking forward to maybe getting one. I don't know. I got, I just picked up a, I got two Krakens coming, two Kraken 700s coming for me. And another two 700. Krakens. What are you going to do with two Krakens? Well, I already have my Kraken 700 orange one, right? Right. Yeah. Now, now I have a Kraken yellow one coming electric and I have an orange Kraken nitro coming. And so last Sunday, the, what day is that? That would be the, the third, the third. I got to see one of our podcast brothers. I got to hang out with Kevin from the Freefall. Him and Steve Shaw, they drove down from uh, Port St. Lucie to come here uh, to Miami to fly with me at Amps. It was such an awesome day, man. I got 11 flights in that day. I flew so much. I flew my um, 570 Nitro conversion, uh, little go-go, like I like to call her. Uh, I flew my 580, I flew my uh, Kraken 700, and my Black Nitro 700, number two. Uh, those guys came great, man. It was it was a lot of fun. Javi, I really wish you were on Facebook because you can see some of the videos, man. And hopefully, we'll have the vid the podcast out with Augie because, man, there's his method really does work, man. My flying has improved significantly, you know. Taking taking his uh, tutelage and him breaking some stuff down for me, but yeah, it was it's been excellent, man. How has yours been? Well, it's evidently not as interesting as yours, um, <laughs> because I'm all snowed in and it's been like that for a few weeks. Oh, so, dude, um, I know the I know the feeling, man. It was like it was like 59 one day, and I know how cold that. <laughs> Dude, you don't know the feeling at 59. I mean, the, 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 the fact that you're not wearing shorts doesn't put you in my, even in my same vicinity. Javier, you know, you don't know the pain that a warm weather dick gets when it drops below 75. You just don't know. You don't understand that, right? <laughs> We're not prepared for this, all right? It was freaking cold, man. To the point that I had to put on socks with my sandals. Like, come on. You have to understand that's a lot of work right there. Dude, I had I had to use like those special socks that have like felt on the inside that are like double like double size to be able to not freeze my toes. <laughs> that's not fun, man. Yeah, I know. I know. So my my helis have been um, have been resting. But the good news is that every single one of my helis is now in flying condition. So nice. even even the cursed uh 420 is uh, is ready and actually I spooled it up and everything and uh, everything seems to be working fine so it's just uh, it's just waiting for me to get uh, to go out and fly it I figured out though that um, <clears throat> there's a lot of wires for the spirit too I mean I'm liking the the, the setup of the flyerless and everything but there's a there's a lot of wiring and uh, and the 420 well the you know that my 420 Whoa. has been converted over to a buddy yeah. So, Why is that a lot of wiring? What, what, what is it? What other, what other things do you need? 
Well, I need the um, additional power and signal for the telemetry receiver. And okay. I'm also using a, um, a capacitor, a small capacitor. Okay. To, it, it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's not a backup guard or anything like that. It's just it, a very it, small it, capacitor to keep the voltage stable. Yeah, to avoid voltage drop. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. I That's used to run those on my, on my nitro buggies back in the day when I had big, heavy-duty servos. Yeah. Yeah, so I just, I just keep it there for, you know, for, for, for you know, I, I, I don't think probably it's as necessary, but because the, the small ones have the uh, 4649T instead of the 4651T, which I have on the, on the big ones. As you know, the 4649T receivers from Spectrum have an issue uh, that they cannot go past uh, 7.4 volts because mm -hmm. if not, they brown out, basically. So when you you give them too much voltage, they, they mess up. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Correct. They, it's a it's a defect that 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 is known on uh, on on um, on a batch on the first batch of the 4649Ts that you know they are labeled that they go all the way to 8.4, but at seven point uh, after 7.4 they just die. Interesting. So so you have to uh, turn down all your PECs, right? Yes. Yes, I have my. Um, my BC, uh, I think it's, it's uh, on the B4s. You can you can put whatever you want. You know that on the B3s, it only lets you like six, and it will then goes away to seven point four, and then eight point four. So it, it doesn't let you choose the exact voltage that you want, but the B4s do. The hobby wings. Mm -hmm. So I uh, I set it to seven to seven point zero, so okay. so that I don't have any issues. So I didn't go all the way to six. I just left it at seven point zero. That seems to be working fine. And then mm -hmm. that's why I also ha wanted to have, you know, a little bit of more peace of mind with the capacitor. So that's why, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that, that, uh, that has to be connected. And, uh, and the way that the Spirit is designed to be able to handle also the telemetry uh, from the ESC and the additional um, SRXL2 uh, or SRXL in the case of the 49, uh, to, to have that telemetry with the spectrum, you need to have more wiring. So it's a lot of wiring that you have to do into such a small heli. You know, the 420 with the body airframe, well, the, well, the body front, um, you know that the body has a narrower canopy because it's kind of like Kraken style. So um, there's, there's a lot less room now to, to be able to put wiring. So I had to like redo wiring like a couple of times, but it ended up, you know, well, now, now I'm actually able to close the canopy because <laughs> I wasn't able to do that before. But, uh, but it's all good. So now, now it's uh, able to come in a couple of uh, months when I can actually go out and fly, which is a little bit uh, of a bummer. But as, uh, as it happened last year, I plan to do a lot of simming, which I haven't been doing lately, I have to admit, because of course, and uh, it's, it's good for you that, that our buddy Paul is not in here because it's because of gaming. That I have. Oh, thank God, uh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> there, there's you know, a lot of gaming, in, uh, a lot of gaming talk involved, but I know that you don't want to go into that. So, you know, it's funny because I have a, I have a. You see my, you, you know what I have as far as PC goes. I'm capable of like doing any games you guys are doing, and I have the VR setup and stuff like that. And I've thought about it, you know, but then man, I just, I just can't get my like, like when I'm at my house, like my wife doesn't care what I do whatsoever. She's more than like, do what you want to do, it doesn't matter. But with like going to the gym and trying to work out and and I just don't have time for that, man. And I know I would get addicted to it, you know. Me and my wife, we talk about we thought about getting a game console because we got my daughter a um, one of the small Nintendo thing is the, not the Wii, but the handheld one, the Cube. I don't know, it's, it's something. It's a, one of those. The videos. Switch. The Switch, yes, that's the one I'm talking about. And it has Pac-Man, and we have been playing that nonstop. And kind of, I think I'm gonna get get us a Miss Pac-Man machine this year, and just surprise her with it because she really does like playing it. So I think that would be something cool. But I can't get myself to get into any games, man. I, it's funny because I, I I love listening to the videos of of gamers because I just think there's so much competition, and I love the idea of strategizing, and I just love the you know the, there's so much drama. It's not even funny. All kind of side, it's great to, to hear that because you know, kind of it's like, oh shit, things could be really bad. Like these guys have it, but that whole culture is just super interesting to me whatsoever. You know, these guys like live in a house for like eight of them together, and all they do is play for eight to ten hours a day. Like that's pretty. That's that'd be pretty yeah. cool. But I just can't get myself into into playing. 
yeah, um, yeah. It it can be very intense, but you don't need to go that route. And you know, I I you know, I just I just play. I like games that you can just get in and out. You know, I don't like uh, very complex games that you need to really spend hours and hours and hours playing <clears throat> to yeah. actually feel like you're moving somewhere. No, that's why I love you know Resident Evil games. You just go in and play and kill zombies and get out. You know, you can just do that for ten minutes and then get out. I mean, that's that's what I that's the kind of, kind of games that I like. They're, 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 you know, they're addicting, but they're not that addicting and you can, and you don't really need to spend much time into them. So have you played this game called Counter-Strike Global Offense? Yes. I think I'm going to get that one. If I get one, it's going to be that one. So I think that's kind of a first person shooter. I can get into that. That's, that's hard. I tried, I, I, I have that and I downloaded it and I played it for a while, <clears throat> but, um, but it's very difficult because, really? because you're playing with, uh, with humans. You're not playing against a computer like, for example, like Resident Evil. You're you're playing against humans. So you you play uh, with a team of yeah. uh, of you know of the good guys and the team of the bad guys, and then your your goal is to you know get rid of the other team. So the problem is that you face against people like you said, you know that that are playing like eight hours per day and they're really really good, and then you're it's it's almost impossible to 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 you know, to find a team that is of your same experience level. The game tries to balance it, but still, you know, even people that are at low levels are very good players. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really frustrating to start playing and then get shot at the first 30 seconds and then try again, and then get shot again at the next 30 seconds and then get shot again at the next 30 seconds. You know, you know what I mean? That, you know, and they're playing and, you know, they're, they're killing and they're going out and they're lasting much more, but unless you, dedicate a little bit more time into it. I mean, it's, it's really hard to, to keep up with, with, with everyone else. So that's why actually I just stopped playing it. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's the only one that kind of catches my, my, that or like Call of Duty, something like that, somewhere where I can get into that. That's the about everything. That or probably, or I probably have to get like a PS5 uh, or whatever and get like Madden or football. That would be yeah, the one thing I would Yeah, you know, and you know, any, any first person shooter that has a story mode, you know, you just you can just jump in and out, and that's it. But this this type of uh, uh, you know games that are made for competitive online play are really difficult really? to to get into unless you really devote time into it, because it takes a strategy and it takes a skill that you can only build through time. So yeah, it, uh, that's why I got out of it. I said, nah, I don't want to spend the time. But it's good to to experience it, you know, a couple of hours. Cool, cool, cool. Just to know what it is. So uh, back on topic, <laughs> the, uh, there was actually a day, and gosh, I don't even remember what it was. It feels like ages. You know, you you know how time goes by. You know, in this weird at home mode, and um, and then with with the winter that you you it, it messes up with with your whole schedule, and then the days are getting shorter. You know, everything changes during winter, so it kind of messes up with you know. I don't even know which day I'm at, or if it's been a week, two weeks, or a month. But there was one day before the snow fell that it was actually pretty nice, you know, in the mid 40s, 50s. So- um, Oh, that nice, that, that feels like freezing to me. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, I mean, for, for me, it was like, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it, I'll, you know, if, if, if those were my worst days, I'll be, I'd be happy. But I was actually able to fly and, uh, and that was pretty cool. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. I wished, uh, I wish I could have, Finished the 420 by then, but you know, I, I, I didn't have enough. I didn't have all the parts, but uh, you know, I really enjoyed uh, flying out. I was a, a, a little bit uh, nervous flying, of course, because I, uh, you know, it's it's been a while. It's it's been a long break, and it's gonna be like that when I come back when weather allows me again. But it was still good. You know, I played around with uh, milliamps consumed, and I really liked that feature. So it was, it was really good. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think uh, it, was, it, was, it was, at least it was a good uh, day out, you know, enjoying, enjoying my hobby. So really quickly, so you really am consumed. That's it. I have the same thing on my V-bar and I don't even use the timer anymore, only on my nitros. So tell me, does it tell you like 90% use, 80% use, or how, do, how does that tell you where you stand? Or do you have to constantly press the button to get an actual load? Uh, first, first you have to set, um, you know, you have to play around with it. And what I do is that basically I fly it to my regular timer, then I get it down, then I measure 
my 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 pack and I put like uh, you know I I enable the telemetry and the milliamps consumed and basically it tells me a number uh, whenever I hit the the voltage that I want uh, okay. when I finish when I'm finished flying which is yeah, I usually try to hit 3.7 when I finish my flight okay. um, so when 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 that happens which usually is with my with my timer because you know I I've, I've been pl flying the same style of flight for a long time uh, with the same time on the timer. So I'm really, really good at getting it to exactly the voltage that I want. So I measure that with the voltage checker and then the, I, I check on the radio how many milliamps were consumed. And then I set that as my alert. So, um, so whenever the, so when I was flying, I, I was doing a little bit of tuning. So I was not loading it as much. And because I was playing around with mil with the milliamps, and then my timer uh, elapsed, but my milliamps consumed had not, so I just kept on flying, and then I I brought it down when my milliamps consumed told me that it was already time, and there it was 3.7, so that was pretty good. Um, I like the Vivar more that it. I don't know if I I may need to play around a little bit more with you know the radio settings, uh, because it basically just tells you when when it's done. Um, unless, or, or you can tell it that it can keep telling you every, th every 30 seconds, it can keep telling you the, the milliamps consumed. It doesn't tell you a percentage, it tells you a number. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's the same thing, but it's just that it doesn't yell out a percentage, it can tell you out that. But I like the Vivar more that, you know, when, it, when you kind of hit a certain per percentage, it tells you and it starts warning you more. Yeah, I like that yeah, system more, but, uh, but you know, it works. Yeah, every 10% every difference, it, it gives you a warning. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool though. But hey, man, something is better than nothing, you know. Honestly, especially if you can, if you can know that you can save your pack and make your uh, uh, give you a longer life span on your packs because of knowing it. It's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you know it it helps a lot when tuning because you know when you're tuning you you don't fly your same flight. You hover a lot and then you land a lot, and uh, you end up having a lot more time. Uh, with the battery that you have, I usually when I tune, I always end up with uh, with overcharged packs. So uh, you know, with with more juice that that, that I, I could have used more. So now with this feature, you know, I can I can I can tune without any issue and take the most advantage of my pack. So so yeah, that was that 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 I I like that feature a lot a lot. That was good. Cool man, cool. Glad to hear that. Yeah. And uh, also, I've been, uh, I've been, so one cool thing that happened, I've been corresponding, uh, and I want to be, give a big shout out to Randy Wallace. He's been, um, he's, he's been corresponding with me, and he's been telling me about, you know, his adventures in the hobby that he used to, you know, it's one of those guys that used to be on the hobby and then came back. And, and I've really been enjoying, you know, what he's, what he's been uh, telling so that's that's been really cool you know to to keep in touch with uh, with people out there and uh, know that it's not only uh, well you don't listen to yourself so it would be two people that really listen to the podcast all because he edits and myself because i like to actually listen to the final product <laughs> so it's nice to see that it's not not only two people that are listening to us so um so yeah it's it's cool always to to connect with uh with people in the hobby and that 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 you know you can tell that are really enjoying the, the hobby and uh, getting back to it and he's also getting um, his son into it um, so that was cool. pretty cool that was pretty cool to uh, to to hear from him so a big shout out to him so thanks for reaching out very cool yeah so uh, Mr Frankie boy uh, what is it what is it uh, <laughs> they, they they made so much many uh, last names with your last name that was hilarious. oh more doritos dude i swear <laughs> to god i me and chris i got i'm going to talk to chris about this we're going to get two shirts made it says one team doritos and the other one team nutter butter because they're both <laughs> snacks and i thought it was so funny so you know funny thing happened this uh yeah, i forgot to bring it up you know i got to help a guy at the field who came in, you know, he's an older person who's more into flying scale, but he doesn't, he hasn't had many electrics and mostly just nitros. And he came in with like, I want to say at least an eight or nine year old uh, align kit that he had just gotten and uh, he, you know, and he had set it up, but he was not very familiar with it. And I got to see something I haven't seen in a long time, just this pure joy that you get when you're, you help someone out and you get them flying, you know, like usually all the guys that I fly with are pretty knowledgeable. Like I'm not saying they're the best pilot, but you know, usually their stuff, they're kind of either, either they, they're used to having people help them or they're, it doesn't surprise them as much. 
But this guy literally got someone. I, I helped him set up his B sex, which God knows I had to look at, read the manual like twice to help him get get it all set up. And he did a great job, but it was just a few things that we needed to tune out, especially for the kind of flying he was doing. But he was so happy, man. And I told him, I was like, hey, and it was funny because we were setting it up and he accidentally reversed the throttle cable, the throttle with the power off. So the heli just started spooling up by itself. Granted, it was on the ground, it was already at the flight line. We were just trying to change the direction of the tail. So this helicopter starts spinning. I was like, whoa. And you know, we get on and I changed the I changed the throttle position from him because he was trying to tune set up the radio right in front of him. Good times, man. It was a good time. He was really happy. He's a very, very, very good scale pilot. Like, man, like when he was flying this thing, it looked like it was the real thing. Like he really had it all set up, landed on power, you know, just very smooth. Their, the coordinator turns, which just look really, really good. It got me interested, man. You know, scale might be in my future. I've been talking to Chris Riper about it too, because he had a few. But I've also talked, I've been talk, talking to uh, Romeo from Canada, and I want to get him on the podcast. I think he'd be really good. He's he's done a few uh, scale conversions with SAB, so I think I'm going to pick his brain a little more about what I can do. He's told me that I can do one with the 580, pretty simple, and I can also do one with the 570, and I have extra air. 570 airframes laying around that I might actually take it, take them up on that and see if I can build one. Nice. So if that, ha if that happens, hopefully I can build like an MD 500. No, you have which, to build an Airwolf. See, so the problem with the Airwolf is that it has a landing gear on it, right? It has automatic landing gear. And I, I've heard that people have wrecked those a few times. So the MD 500 is pretty close to. Then, then you have Blue Thunder. Oh, dude, you have no. So couple of months back at my field, right? I'd show up there on it, like it was during the summer on it, on it, on it, on a Wednesday or Thursday, just so I can bang out some taxi for the end of the day. And this guy shows up with like a 900 class scale turbine blue thunder. Oh, that was one sexy beast, man. Holy crap. And he, he had just, he got it from Germany and he had another guy flying it, but mostly flies planes. And I just, I was like, let me take some good pictures of this, so in case something happens to it. But I haven't seen the guy since. Oh, what a shame! That that must be an awesome thing to watch, to look at. I really love that helicopter. Really? Have you ever yeah. thought about getting into? Have you ever thought about getting into scale? It doesn't interest you. No, it doesn't interest me. I mean, I I really like the uh, you know the the idea of of scale, and I really like those two helicopters. You know, the Blue Thunder and the Airwolf. But uh, but I'm I you know I wouldn't want to go through the through the hassles you know as 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 you know I'm more a flyer than a builder you know to me <laughs> you know SABs are are fantastic uh, because they're so simple they're so simple they're so easy um, you know they they I, you know I can I can fix one of those things you know with my eyes closed I mean it's it's really I mean it's it's like like Steve Yoon from from Preferals he says you know you open the box. You you drop it, you shuffle it, and then out comes the helicopter. You know, it's so yeah, easy, shake, so easy to, to build those things. So you don't well, have to worry about it. I mean, it, you can just, uh, you know, you take the manual, you build it, and you fly it. I mean, that's it. And with scale, you know, you sometimes you have to grind here, cut here, paste here, you know, do a little bit more work and uh, and do a little bit more intricacies. You know, I cannot even paint the, the, the uh, you know, that I painted the... Uh, the, the landing gear of the of the body, right? I painted I painted the the sides black and left the skids white. You know, I yeah. cannot even do that properly. I mean it's all it's it's all it's a very poor job. So now I imagine myself doing doing a scale job now. Now I, I don't think it would end up being a, a good product. Yeah, so that's not that's like my one thing with it, because I'm I don't I can build helicopters pretty decently. You know, I'm not the best, hands down. I'm not. But I, you know, my shit won't fall apart on me for a while, I'll last a while before I fall apart. But I just figured those things, man, you know, the one thing I like about it is because how cool they look, but something goes wrong, man, and that thing goes in, I'm gonna be heartbroken, you know? Like I'm heartbroken when I crash now, but most of the time I'm just like, eh, whatever, they make parts for it again, I'll just order another one and build it. But those, man, those things, you spend so much time getting it right, oof. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not for me. It requires It requires patience, which I don't have. So no, no, I, I really like it. You know, if, if I, if, if I had the, the money of Tarek Alsadi, I would have someone build it for me and uh, rebuild it for me if I crash it. And that's, that's how I would have one. Wow. 
in the, in the meantime, I'll just get more goblins and fly them and pick them myself. Uh, very, yeah, very but, it's, but it's but it's a very nice concept. You know, I really like it, and I really respect the people that yeah you know that do it because it it really requires a lot of skill to get these things looking properly and flying properly and 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 you know all that it entails. It's like a whole different new hobby. So so it's cool. I really like it and I appreciate it. But no, I I I wouldn't do it. It's just you know it's it's kind of like you know I'm I'm very my kids said say that I'm square. <laughs> You know, I, I don't get out of, of, of my boundaries. You know, I, I won't go, oh, yeah, I I won't go fuel and I won't go scale. You know, it's just me. Goblin, I, electric goblins, that's all. <laughs> that's where you live at. Don't take yep. me off your box. You're, you're in your little pedestal. Don't get you out of there. Yep. You're very happy there. That's cool, man. Well, I appreciate it. You know, my buddy, um, Don Shaw, right? Great, great friend of mine. We fly together all the time. I'm, I'm part of I became a member of his club. And he became a member of the club I fly at. Okay. He's, he's very knowledgeable. He's extremely meticulous. He's a hell of a builder, you know, but and he, he would be like the perfect candidate to be, to fly nitro. He's like, nope, no idea. I deal with that at work. Cause he's a, he's a, not a mechanic, but the guy who runs the mechanic shop, I don't know what's his name, the service manager. Yes. The service manager. He's like, yeah, I don't want none of that in my life. I want to plug him and fly. So yeah, I completely, I can, I can understand that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So uh, my friend, what if uh, we do a mini, uh, a, a mini topic today. Sounds good, um, man. What do you want? What do you want to make it? I would like uh, you to dig deep into your memories and remember uh -huh. for the past year, what are your best and your worst memories? Worst, best and worst memories. This, this 2020, was that the one year we're doing? Yep. Yep. In the hobby or in general? In the hobby, right? Let's keep it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it in the hobby. Yeah. If not, okay. we'll, we'll end up here until like uh, 11 or... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, worst memory, hands down, will not forget this for a very, very long time, was my buddy Ray Moray passing. You know, uh, his name is Chicken Wing, or his nickname was Chicken Wing. You could, yeah. If you go look at all Smack Talk videos, he was on there. That guy was the kindest, funniest individual ever. You know, I truly miss that man a lot. I think about him all the time, you know. Uh, just a general sweetheart, just a person that, you know, you could just sit and talk to, you know, his vocabulary was limited because it was a lot of fuck you and go fuck yourself or it were intertwined there. But the guy was all heart, man. I remember I was in, in the spring event in Orlando, like, fuck, have you maybe two years ago, three years ago? And I was still, I wasn't on the SAB team yet. And I was still flying synergy, right? And I had, I was flying, I was, uh, Bobby Watts was helping me tune my nitro. I came in for an auto and I blew out the auto rotation gear because it was a, it was a torque tube instead of a belt. Right. I was like, Oh damn, I got to order one. You know, I'm walking around. I was like, Oh yeah, I got to order this part. And she only says, what part? Screams like maybe 20 feet away from me. I was like, Oh, I think the auto rotation gear. I was like, right, let me look at it. Okay. It's like, I'll be back. He literally packed up his stuff and I didn't hear a lot of stuff, but he packed it up, went to his house, got his parts, his box of parts and came back just to give me the auto rotation gear so I could continue to fly that one helicopter. Now I had a lot more helicopters than that one, but you know, he's like that. And then he was fighting with me. This is, this is man who had a, <laughs> a shorter arm than, than the other. He was fighting me because he wanted me to, he wanted to fix it for me. So it would be done right. That was the word that came out of his mouth. In true <laughs> rain matter, he, he fixed it for me. God, I miss that guy, and uh, that's the, that's probably my saddest. My happiest in the hobby was being able to get Pyroflips. I think the ability to actually get that part and get it to a point where I can actually do them consistently, you know, and not dive to death. I think that would probably make it the happiest, or you know, or just about any Sunday at the field, any Sunday at the field when there's more than just me flying, that, that's just pretty cool because I got someone to talk to and bullshit with and just mess around with, enjoy the time, you know? So those are the two things that I could see as my best and worst moment of last year in the hobby. Nice. Pa oh, well, okay. No, let's not forget when I got the 580, the Cracker 580. That, I was pretty excited about that. Cool. The, the 580 electric, of course. <laughs> of course, no, I, I haven't gotten the nitro. I don't think 
I think uh, I, I'm liking my 570 Nitro a lot, but I'll probably have to get the 580 here because I see myself flying something bigger. Because there, you know, the the problem with a 50 size Nitro that you really don't get a, a lot of a pop unless you do it as a 600. And on the 570, you have to get you have to try to figure out a way to stretch it. And I'm not all about that life. But with the 580 Nitro, I can just slap on five uh, 600 blades and be all good. So that's it. So Javier, that being said, what was your best and worst moment of the year? Well, my worst moment, I think, was uh, my 500 hot start. Okay. Um, it's, uh, it's one of the few times that I've used my sailor vocabulary as extensively. <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, very uh, pro you're very proper. Very proper. And I say this because we're both, we're both from Spanish descent and Spanish. So I know I have a very um, colorful mouth at times, but you're very proper about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I don't like to, uh, to, to use any of that just because, you know, um, I, I think that if my kids listen to them, I'm not a good example to them. So, uh, you know, there was one time we had, we had an issue on one of our flights to, from Mexico to the US where my, my grandma passed away. And, uh, and we, uh, we actually collected a few of her things, uh, you know, a few of her jewelry worth traveling back with my mom uh, so yeah. that she could be with a little bit uh, with us in the US so that she wouldn't feel as lonely after, after, you know, after grandma departed because they were living together and they were you know, basically uh, one for each other. So it was going to be very sad for her to live alone in the house without her. So we brought her to, to be with us, you know, for, I think it was a month, probably more. Yeah. And um, so she, so she grabbed some of the things from grandma, you know, um, some of the jewelry and some of the things to have us memories and to, you know, sort out once she came back here to, to figure out, you know, what, uh, what would be worth you know, like giving, a, giving away or keeping or, you know, whatever. So um, while we were, we had some issues with the flight, it got delayed. And, and when we, when, when we, uh, we were on the airplane and then they told us that, you know, we had to get off the airplane, they would have to put us on another flight because the, 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 the plane stopped responding or whatever. So we got down and then I noticed that uh, somewhere in the time in between when we checked uh, our baggage and the time that they got it back, someone opened it and stole all the jewelry. No way. So I, I was, dude, I was pissed. I was pissed. That's, that's probably one of the times where I've used a lot of, a, a lot of, of, I've done a lot of swearing. And uh, it's, the, it's the only time that my sons remember me swearing. So, um, wow. So yeah, I, I don't, but, but it has to get to that, <laughs> you know, it has to get, it has to, to really get to, to real extreme levels for me. And, and I think that that day was, was that, you know, it was, uh, uh, you know, it, it's a toy helicopter, but, but it was not only that, it, it was that, that it also caused harm, you know, physical harm to me. It, it, it actually hit me. And uh, I was I was really upset because you know it wasn't my fault you know I didn't do anything anything wrong I didn't uh, I didn't you know I didn't crash it because of the of a dumb thumb and I as you know I crashed my 420 after that and I was fine and I you know it's been since May that I crashed it and I've just rebuilt it until now I and it's really fine you know I didn't care um, um, because I I focused on you know on other things and on fixing the five the 500 and to saving up and whatever and. I didn't really mind, but uh, but you know this this crash really really upset me, really upset me big time. I remember, I remember, I remember you in in the most Javier way possible. I remember it, it, going to the Texas and being like, you were just so frustrated. Yeah, yeah. And it's, was... I think it's one. Of, I think it's one of those things. That, again, I say this all the time, and I and I've had this conversation with Chris a lot about it because we kind of talk about this all the time. There's something about a mechanical failure that really aggravates you more than you can that people can imagine because you know is it's one of those things that you didn't cause it something else caused it and yet and you know it's a hobby and it's going to cost you stupid money to fix sometimes but when you don't when you're not to blame for it oh it yeah. really is it really is uh frustrating yeah 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 i, I mean for sure i'm 100 percent with you man and you know if it's something that you did even if it's a failure like for example uh one time i destroyed the transmission of the 570 because i forgot to lock tight the bolts 
that 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 have that bearing uh, main shaft holder that goes to the main plate. So okay. you know, I forgot to lock that that, and basically my transmission ate itself. But it was my fault, you know, because I I yeah. didn't I because you know that you have to shim that part. So as I as I was are shimming it, are you talking about the short shaft in front of the? No, the uh, the main shaft, the, um, the 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 little tower where you put the bearing that okay. has three bolts that bolts to the. Um, Mm -hmm, the main mm -hmm. plate yeah so that one you know that you have to shim to to remove the play so um yeah. so i um so i was i was i was doing that and you know getting the bolts in and out and in and out and in and out and i forgot the last time to to put them with loctite so they uh... they, they slowly undid themselves and the transmission ate itself and and you know i was i was upset but i was you know it's my fault man you know i i it's a failure but you know, in the end, it was my fault, and and you learned something. And now, you know, I double and triple check that I put log type into everything. So, you know, it ends up being a, a, a you know a painful but learning experience. You know, like like most things in the hobby, when something goes wrong. But when something is definitely not your fault, I mean, that something just fails, just just flat out fails, and you don't even know why. And in this case, you know, I was I was so close to it, it destroyed my cell phone, it hit me. It crashed my helicopter. I had to rip the canopy apart to, to uh, to remove the battery. I mean, it was, I mean, every every single thing that uh, that 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 could go wrong went wrong. So I was like, oh man, I'm um, the, this is this is the worst. I'm really upset. So yeah, that's that's for sure the, the worst time. And uh, the, the 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 best time is um, like you said, Frank. You know, helping someone in this hobby is 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 awesome. You know, it's yep. it's it's really awesome. It uh, you know, you you do this hobby, and you learn a lot of stuff that no one else but you and your bodies really care about, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, um, we we talk, you know, uh, you and Paul and I and then everyone in the hobby that that listens to this podcast, you know, we speak the same language and you know what it is about, and uh, talk about you know the models and know about about the pitch and you know we all know the same things and have very similar experiences and we feed out from that. Uh, but you know, it was we're such a small part of uh, of everyone else that no one really cares, right? I mean, and and it's not like general knowledge. You know, computers are you know, you talk about computers, and there's a ton of people that know about computers probably that could mm -hmm. that could get in the, in the conversation. But you talk about helicopters, and you know, there's there's no one that that that, that knows about it, and and it it looks like like also it's it's a hobby, and it's really just knowledge that you accumulate and that's it right i mean for example going back to the computer example i mean you learn how to fix computers you could probably even make a buck out of it um or you know you can help <laughs> someone that that comes to you because you know they need help because they want to build a computer you can help them with your expertise uh, you know and it's very common right probably someone in your family but you know no one is gonna come to ask you you know how to build a helicopter right you know it's very it's very rare yeah. so so helping someone in a hobby really for me it was very I, I know it makes me realize that all of these knowledge that i've accumulated helped someone and they they meant something right they made a difference mm -hmm. so that was that that for me is is, is you know uh is something that i that i really enjoy that fills me up uh, quite a bit so i helped you know uh, that i've helped this guy uh, ever since he came he saw me fly and he was very interested in uh, you know he was already in the hobby but you know, um, he uh, he's he hadn't built as much, and he hadn't been as as involved. But he wanted to get a little bit more, and he asked me for advice. Of course, I told him to buy a goblin. He bought a goblin, and um, I I helped him. You know, choose the components. Uh, you know, you helped me out. Uh, we we actually got him with uh, with the ESC. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, uh, it, I helped him through the whole process, and I helped him made in the helicopter and making sure that everything was working. He asked for my help for a few other helicopters. And man, that was, that, that was, that was, that was nice. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's really nice to be able to, to help someone. It, 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 uh, it does a lot for me in this hobby. So, um, mm -hmm. so for sure, for sure, helping out, um, you know, I would like to help more, but you know, sometimes you just, just don't get the opportunity. So, um, mm -hmm. but, but this time I had, and, uh, and it was really, really cool to, to help. So that's uh, that's for sure. That that afternoon that I spent, even if I almost didn't fly myself, it was really, really. Uh, it filled me up quite a bit, you know, to just 
help someone else. So that was that was pretty cool. That was a pretty good afternoon. Uh, yeah, man, those 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 are some good moments, man. Um, yeah, I always get I always get asked at the field when I'm like, well, mostly when I go to Markham, which is the park in Fort Lauderdale, or when Don comes here, he's always asking me to, hey, go check my helicopters, Mister Malva. And just the ability that someone trusts you enough to say, hey, this is what I think you should do, you know, uh, it's pretty awesome. I don't take that argument. But the, the helping people, is, that's, that's become, I hope to do that a lot more this year. I'm going to try to talk. I know that the treasurer of my club was like a long, long time, like the epitome of an angry planker. This guy is great guy, though, but he's the epitome of an angry planker. Uh, he talk, told me that he wanted to get, get into helicopters. He wanted me to help him take something out for him that he can learn on. I'm like, of course, man, I'd love to help anything you need. So I'm looking forward to that. And and the other thing, man, the other thing that we really don't talk about, dude, um, RC Helis is one of those things that doesn't come by easy. Like if you've been like, if they've been around as long as you, me have, you know, you've, you've put money into the ground. I always say that there, it took me, without having anybody help me, I put a lot of money in the ground because I just didn't know, you know, if you have someone around you that can help you in your, through your heli upbringing, it makes such a world of difference for the hobby. Like you have to be, you have to be some kind of psycho to really get into it. If it's by yourself, you know, I yeah. say that cause that's what I did. I, I literally, I had no one around me. I, I would pay a hobby shop that was around me to set up my helicopters for me. You know, I would buy them used some money. I would pay someone until I finally figured out what everything meant, you know? and figured out that YouTube actually have people to help them. And, you know, thin with Bob, dude, we got to bring that guy on the podcast, man. He has so much cool shit to say when he's not rambling on about politics. But other than that, he has a, he's, he's so knowledgeable. He's been around for such a long time. I would love to hear some of the stories from him. But yeah, man, and it's just one of those things that once you get it, once you understand what you're doing, you can go out there and fly and not crash, like not work. I remember going to the field when I first started with like five helicopters and three, only three of them coming back flyable, you know, and out of those three, two of them weren't, didn't fly and I would crash two and I would go back and I would order parts every Sunday, get them by Wednesday, try to get the helicopter rebuilt so I can refly again on Sunday. So now to me, it's like, it's just awesome therapy. You know, it's just like those, those three or four minutes while I things in the air, I can't think about anything else in my life, but what I'm doing with the helicopter. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a great hobby, and uh, and you know it, it it allows you also to there's 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 some weird dynamics going on, you know, with people in this hobby. You know, there's there there's no competition. You know, it's it's not something that you do that ends up, uh, you know, uh, making you go into something that you'll end up making more money than someone else, right? So, oh, I I, I get that. Well, I have a business in the hobby. Yeah, there's no this isn't you're not making millions from it. Right, so so it's so I think that everyone that's in the hobby uh, just just enjoys it, like you know, for the pleasure of either building or flying or both. So uh, that's what makes also these 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 hobbies so good, man. I I really wish that more people could get to know that it exists, yeah. um, and and give it a try, mm-hmm. um, because because really, I mean, I think it's it's a really good hobby. I mean, yes, you you spend a ton of money on it, but you can. Uh, you know, with today, you know, with the simulators, with small micros, I mean, you don't really need to spend a ton of money on it. Um, eventually you will, but it's, it's also your choosing, right? I mean, you can, you can keep one or two helicopters if you want and, and not, not, uh, not, not feel a fleet of helicopters. I mean, it's, it's your own choosing and whatever you want and whatever you can afford and you can enjoy it either way. So um, I just wish that, you know, more people could get into it and, and it's a bummer that you know um, hobby shops are dying, and that there's no real outlet for people to know. You know, even Toys R Us. You know, I remember going whenever my kids went to, to Toys R Us. I always made it stop to the radio control section and just uh, you know see if there were any helicopters there. And um, it's 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 a shame that you know that this hobby cannot be more uh, more widespread to have the opportunity for more people to experience it because it's it's really awesome. So I'm always thinking about that because I, I always think about it from a selling strategy. How do, I, how do you get more people in the hobby? And I'm always kind of presenting it to my, the people at the club too. Why is the club, why are we not selling more? Why are we losing membership? Why is our typical, the average age of a member here over 55 instead of 30 something, you know, we should get more younger step, more, more younger members. 
and you know we're trying to develop programs at my club like dealing with the club scout and trying to get um inviting schools to come out on the weekends to see the flying and get them in the buddy box and get them to fly like that but it is hard because it's one of those hobbies that you really can't do it by yourself right you kind of need your dad you can't be you can't be eight years old and learn to fly helicopters you know you gotta have some, yeah you potentially could but it's there's so many other things out there for kids to do now yeah that it's it's hard right so we could both agree that it's hard and then also it's expensive so i think they're you know blade has the best way to do it they have the you know they have the entry level ones you know they can get you kind of hooked but you're still thinking about between you know a kid during christmas a parent to let's say a father doesn't assign the hobby he's not going to spend you know what is eleven twelve hundred dollars to get the kid a 550 with a radio you know and not including the not including the batteries and chargers and all that setup like you kind of if if fathers have sons or daughters like i don't have the i i have a daughter but you know she has her she has her challenges but i think it's it's on us to try to get our kids into the hobby just so they will be able to uh enjoy it with their kids one day yeah does that make sense yeah it makes sense but you know it's it's so hard you know for you know for example you know i'm i'm very passionate about the hobby but one of i i i can't uh, you know i've exposed the hobby to them but you know one of them uh, is a musician and an athlete and you know i i want him to go where he wants to go yeah. and uh, the other one uh we just um we just bought him a um a a pack of uh, of cor of online courses because he wants to develop video games so cool. it's, it's a small pack for for actually you know showing him how to develop in this unity platform so um cool. so you know it, it it's what they want to do you know he has his twitch channel and he 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 streams on twitch and you know um so they it's what they want to do you know it's uh there's so many things out there that they can do but uh what i wish is just that there was a way that we could just make it visible you know, I mean, there's many things to choose from and not everyone will choose the same things. But yeah. if they at least know that, they, that the possibility exists, then more people would be able to go into it. So I think it's all a matter of people knowing that it exists. And that's, that's what I struggle um, with. What can we do? And, and you hit on that, um, you know, the, 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 the guys and, uh, and the little kids, you know, schools and, and schools and um, high schools. Um, I remember once I did a, uh, a work, a, a work, a work travel to Fargo, and um, and uh, the, the show invited the yeah uh, on North Dakota, yeah. and they invited the Boy Scouts. Yeah, and uh, they were there, and they were really not like you know, no. I mean, they were watching these helicopters fly, but they were really like not not very interested. And then I, I caught one of them and I told him, hey, do you know, do you want to know how it works? And I started explaining him, you know, how it worked. And I, I, I like to use that, the, the, the ceiling fan analogy so that they understand, you know, the concept of throwing air on different directions. And that's how the helicopter can fly inverted. And then I just did an inverted hover and he was like, whoa. And then he got his friends and I had a pack of like six kids watching. And getting interested into it so you know that's very, um that's, that's very cool how you're that's very yeah. cool of you man so that's that's probably what 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 we should do but um you know people have so kids today have so many choices but i think that that would be a good a good place to start and i've always thought about that about doing that myself you know starting like going to schools and and uh, getting in touch with people but i've always been uh afraid of uh you know of physical damage to someone right because I'm, I know that sure. I'm not as good as a pilot, as good a pilot. So I don't want to get into a situation where I want to show something and then something wrong happens and then we end up, you know, with bad publicity and with someone ending hurt. So that's, that's why what's kind of stopped me to, to do something like that. But I've always thought about that, you know, uh, reaching out to basically schools and uh, doing like demo flights and letting them know what it is. And, and I'm pretty sure that schools would appreciate, you know, all that goes into it, you know, mm -hmm. because it's uh, full of STEM material, you know, you can, sure. you can learn about everything with this thing. So I'm pretty sure that we could build something for, for a small, you know, like a workshop, 
like a quick workshop with schools, but I've always been hesitant because mostly because of that, because I don't, I don't want to get into a situation where something goes wrong, you know, but, uh, but, but it, it, of course there has to be a, a way to do it safely. And I mean, we all fly, fly safely. So probably out on the field or something, but I don't know. I think that that, that would be a good path. It's just a matter of letting them know that it exists and letting them choose if they want to pursue it. That's true. That's true. <sighs> You know, I always, and another one that I always thought that would be good, and I, I, I hear because there's, there's, there's a young, there's a young kid and a father that fly at my club right more. The father's mostly his mechanic, but he's a very good pilot. He flies jets and helis, and he's an amazing helicopter pilot. Andres Van Grieken, right? And, you know, his dad always tells him, he's like, man, you know, the problem is that there's, there's not enough competitions. And I think kids at these age, they need competition. They need to feel like they're being tested. They need to be, feel like they're being challenged. You know, and that's why Andres started flying jets because there's a lot more competitions for him to do it in that, you know, and he loves the, he loves hobbies and he loves the helis, but you know, there's only XFC and maybe something at Urcha. So I wish there was a way. And I, I have another buddy of mine who's always keeps telling me about like doing this like version of the XFC, but we're helicopters. And it's so, it's, it's, it's the scale he's thinking about. It's so grandiose and so over the top that I'm always like, dude, you know how many helicopters you got to sell just to make up percentage of what you're talking about doing no dude but it would be so great it'll be so great like in his mind he just he doesn't he doesn't see all the 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 intangibles or the things or logistics and all the shit that goes on to get something to that level he he just he's just sees his you know he just sees the dream which is cool but yeah definitely would be a challenging thing yeah yeah for sure yeah you touch on a good point which is competition and um I've, I've also thought about that because, you know, I've heard people talking about, you know, why don't we start, you know, grassroots, right? Why don't we start like small competitions that, you know, people can enjoy, you know, small contests here and there and, uh, and get that competition groove in, right? Um, you don't really, you don't get to, to win a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it's just a small competition, right? Just pits you against someone right, else. Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. that's all you need. And probably, you know, most fun flies have, uh, you know, most uh, medium to large size fun flies have, uh, have uh, sponsorships. So, you know, you could always give a small gift to someone who wins something. I mean, even if it's, uh, you know, a pair of flyers, I mean, it doesn't really matter that the, the it, it, it's just symbolic. The fact that, you know, you earned something because you did something better than someone else. Um, but the, the, problem I see about with competition and why it's easier on, I think, and more popular on F3C is that it's very hard to judge. It's very, um, you, you know, it, it, it ends up being much in the perception of people. And when something, when, when, when there's a price involved, when there's a competition, there's a price involved and there's no clear pathway and very precise rules to measure who's better than who, then that's going to be difficult. You know, with drones, you know, it's, it's easy. Whoever crosses the, the finish line first, right? I mean, mm -hmm. easy. There's no, there's no ifs and buts. There's no perception. There's no nothing. There's no subjectivity. But, you know, in helicopters, you know, one person uh, could see that someone is doing uh, something that the other guy cannot see, you know, or that doesn't really appreciate because he actually... Um, thinks, you know, he thinks in his terms of what he likes to see. And maybe he likes to see something uh, a little bit more technical. And the other guy doesn't care about technical. He cares about smack. And the other guy doesn't care about that. He cares about, you know, how, how complex is the maneuver and how he's transitioning between something and another. And it ends up being very subjective. And you've seen it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been a lot of drama of when uh, on on competitions <laughs> where 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 you where someone someone says that someone won and the and and someone else thinks that someone else should have won you know it's uh it's like that man because it, it's it's really difficult to to gauge who was really the winner so that that's also another challenge but uh, you know food for thought you know for sure we can do something about it and I'm, you know there's a lot of intelligent people in this hobby so um uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that we can come up with something. It's just that we just need to get the motion somehow. Mm -hmm. Agreed, man. Agreed for sure. But oh, well, that's, that, that, that's good. So, so what do you, do you, do you see, do you see nakedness in your future? Uh, you know, I've owned just about every goblin except for the speed, the comet and the, the Yurikai. 
on every other one. There might be one. I know that I've gotten a few helis in the lately that are not the raw, which are the two the two crackers I'm talking about. So I have to kind of, you know, I have a very loving wife that lets me do whatever I want, but I don't like to take advantage of it. So I think I might not get the raw right away, but I'll get one here in the near future. Okay. Uh, but I am looking forward to it. I think that they've, that they've done a pretty awesome job. Uh, I love how innovative they are, you know, it's like, you know, and I, I wish, I wish, um, Paul was here because we can refer it to like a architecture as far as design goes to me, you know, and how they're constantly just breaking the mold, you know, what that your expectation of what a helicopter should be, you know, they, they redo it, you know, they, the built-in canopy now so you know the open sides like it is you know it's just so interesting to me you know they actually and they're constantly rethinking the the strategy right you know like this is this is the crack and raw it's not a it doesn't other than the head and the some tail parts every nothing is nothing is replaceable with the regular the original kraken right you know yep. so maybe the battery turns of that but it's a different transmission and it's a quieter transmission because it's bevel gears so it's actually will be less noisier than the than the original Kraken, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and like, think about the mindset that they have that, you know, Enrico has to say, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm the guy that kind of came up with the idea of this beautiful boom. I'm going back to a, a, a aluminum boom. But now I'm going to do that. I'm going to do one that's this. I'm going to have the, if you really look at it, you'll see that the case actually slides, slides inside of the boom. And I'm not gonna put any kind of uh, supports on or anything. So it's be this one beautiful boom that it's it's just badass as hell. And, yeah. and I'm gonna make this new helicopter just like this because I want people who are not a fan of the typical fuselage helicopter uh, to become fans of SAV. And this is the way I do it, you know? And it's also, it's different that the transmission, it's, it's more of like uh, similar to the 580, which is just one shaft instead of two, two uh, downward shafts for the tail, the tail and the, and the motor are fed up the same shaft. So it's pretty cool, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't all just innovate. They innovated themselves. You know, they reinvented what, yeah. what, what a goblin means. So, so yeah, that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's uh it's starting to grow on me, but uh, as you know, I probably won't be able to buy any helicopters in the near future. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. I I like the the that I can share the battery packs with my seven hundred with my Krakens. I like the little door down. That's a pretty cool idea. I like it that the boom does the, the canopy doesn't come off because you know usually it might feel when the, I take the canopy off they usually fall on the ground, <laughs> and I have uh, and they have pavers in the pit so. Uh, like that's why I said earlier that my my helicopters get flown. They're not hangar queens because canopy's always falling. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this thing. It's going to be a really cool helicopter. Uh, the pre-orders are open, so if, by the time you get this, it'll probably be a couple of weeks from now, if that long, if if not longer. But I hope everyone enjoys it. Man, I think it's going to be a great little helicopter. It's going to be fun to fly. Uh, I saw Bert and Cal feeding the living snot out of theirs, you know, and it took every bit of it. So hopefully they. They enjoy it and you know you can they can sell a bunch and i said you can keep innovating yep for sure for sure all righty so uh that was a pretty good conversation frank i think um i i think it was i think you know all kidding aside other than not having paul here but that was very very good i yeah who needs paul <laughs> no no we need paul we definitely need paul no we don't you don't you're supposed no. to say we don't no no i can't do that dude that's a, he's, he's a he's a brother in two categories dude helicopters and architecture even though he's oh my that. gosh you had you had to bring the architecture up yeah, really? dude. yeah you, you guys have the gaming me and him have architecture you know <laughs> all right uh, all right i'll give you that cool man all right well um i think uh what do you think frank do you think that uh we can do that that a wrap i think i think this is a wrap man i think we got some good points across we had a good conversation we talked about this helicopter. We made fun of each other a little bit, which is always the best part. Oh yeah, of course. And, making making, you know, making fun of uh, making fun of Frank uh, Doritos. That is always awesome. More Doritos. More Doritos. Anyway, Doritos. More, more Doritos. I tell yep. him that it's more dinero. I like. I always like the idea of more dinero. But more dinero. Yes. Yeah. Yes. More dinero for more helicopters. <laughs> 
For sure, man, for sure. Awesome. All right, my friend. So uh, that was a very good conversation. Uh, you know, it was, it was really good to, to just uh, talk, talk Kelly and uh, catch up. And uh, it, was, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, hope that uh, our fearless leader, uh, Paul, can join us next time. And if not, we'll do it again without him. <laughs> no, no we, he will join us. And that's, and that's the goal. So this year, is gonna, we're going to try to, you know, I think the goal for me, you have here, it's to, for all three of us, is to, at the end of the year, have over 20 episodes recorded. I'm giving us four between holidays and special things to happen, but we should be able to continue the recording and getting stuff out because the people want it, man. All I keep hearing is how much people enjoy the the podcast. And, you know, it's funny, I was talking to Doug Darby, I talked to him all the time, and he was telling me how someone listened to the Full Pitch podcast when he was on it with me and, and Jimmy and how, how much fun he had doing it. And, I, and how much people are still talking about it. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. I'm glad to hear that, you know? And so I hopefully they, uh, we can get some more out. We're gonna get some more guests. I got some pretty cool blessed guests I've been talking about getting them lined up. So I'm looking forward to that, man. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Alrighty, so um, would like to close up um, to just uh, thanking the entire community and of course our podcast brothers, uh, Freefall RC, the Houdini RC Helic Podcast, Heli Heads, Taylor Rotor, Inverted Down Under, and the BK Podcast, which are the, the current running podcasts out there. Uh, wish them the best um, that they keep producing more and more episodes because there can never be uh, enough RC Heli Podcasts and we hope that there's more and more people join our great hobby. So uh, kudos to those guys. And um, I guess uh, that's it for today. And we'll see you next time. Awesome. Um, see you guys. See ya.